0: Welcome back to the Biblical Principles Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. If you have your Bible, you can find your place there in the book of Luke, chapter number four, the gospel of Luke, chapter number four. We're going to be dealing with the subject of temptation today, temptation, and each and every Christian is going to face this on one level or another. I've also noticed through my Christian life that things that tempt me might not necessarily tempt you, and things that tempt you might not necessarily tempt me. But one thing is for sure, our flesh and the devil knows where our weak temptations are and tends to bombard that area. So let's start reading in the book of Luke, chapter number four, in verse number one. The Bible says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. "...being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when, he would, when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone, that it be made bread. And Jesus answering, answered him, saying, It is written, That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil taketh him up into an high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time." And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever I will, I give it, if thou wilt therefore worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give His angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. You'll notice here that even Christ was tempted. He was tempted severely by the devil himself, But Jesus was able to conquer each temptation very simply by using the Word of God. That's why it's so important to have the Word of God hid in our heart that we might not sin against God. Temptation, whether it be physical, spiritual, mental, financial, can only be overcome by the Word of God. There's no other solution. There's no other solution. Um, way that you can overcome temptation other than using the Word of God. By deciding that you love God more than you love sin is how you overcome temptation. See, we're tempted by choice. I don't want you to ever think that the devil walks around with this giant hook and he throws it in us as Christians and drags us off somewhere. No, we choose to make decisions to put us in places where we're tempted. A lot of times the temptation can be overcome by simply fleeing the place or the situation that we're in. The book of First Corinthians chapter number 10 in verse number 13. The book of First Corinthians chapter number 10 in verse number 13. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man but god is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will with the temptation also make a way of a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it now very simply here it's very clear that the temptations that we face are just simply common to man part of living in a fallen fleshly body is the fact that you're going to be tempted by, by sin but in spite of our temptation, we have a faithful God who will only put on us what we can bear. And when it seems like it's too much, it appears to me from the, from the verse, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. There's no temptation taking you that you can't bear or escape from. You just very simply have to use the Word of God. And I know I say simply like it's a simple thing. It's not a simple thing. But there is an opportunity to overcome each and every temptation that you're placed in by very simply relying on on the Word of God. The book of Matthew, chapter number 26, in verse number 41. Matthew 26, in verse number 41. Now, of course, this is Jesus as he's praying in the garden before the crucifixion, and he says this to the disciples who have fallen asleep, in verse number 41. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak how do you overcome temptation by watching and praying by leaning on god more than you lean on yourself the problem is watching and praying takes work it takes a strengthening a strengthening of the spirit and a weakening of the flesh to be able to watch and pray A problem a lot of times is the flesh is too strong, and we haven't yielded enough to the Spirit of God to allow it to work in our lives, so we fall into temptation. But if you want to be strong and be able to overcome temptation, you have to keep the flesh weak and keep the Spirit strong by reading, praying, witnessing, and doing the things that God would desire for us to do so that we can overcome the temptations that are placed in our life. The book of Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 13. Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 13. Of course, this is the model prayer, and he says in verse number 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God does not lead us into temptation. We are tempted when we are drawn away of our own lust and enticed. And what happens when When that process begins, we make the wrong choice, which results in the wrong action, which results in the wrong process, and it results in the wrong path that God had in our life. And it's all a result of us allowing ourselves to enter into temptation. The book of 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 9. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 9. This is an interesting verse as Paul is writing an epistle to this young pastor there in a church. And he's commanding First Timothy, and he's giving him some guidance and instruction in the ministry. But you'll notice this in verse number 9. Paul says this, But they that will be rich fall into many temptations and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Very simply saying, the rich man is going to suffer more temptations. Why? Because the love of money is the root of all evil. And there's nothing wrong with money, but a lot of times our self-reliance is a, is, is, appears to be on ourself when we have a lot of money. Because a man who's poor has to rely on God. And what it's really saying is that the rich will suffer more temptation You might ask yourself, why don't I have plenty of money? Well, maybe that money would be the downfall that would separate you from God. Maybe that money would be the temptation that would cause you to go astray from the way of God. So let's just learn as Christians when we're dealing with temptation to be content where God has us at and not to be tempted to want more but to be satisfied with where God's placed us because it could be by having more things we would be tempted in a greater way. Let's go to the book of James chapter number one in verse number 12. The book of James chapter number one in verse number 12. "'Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, "'for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, "'which the Lord hath promised to them that love him.'" You say, I'm being tempted, and I don't know how to overcome it. I'm being tempted, and I think I'm going to fall. I'm being tempted, and I'm concerned about going astray. Don't do that, dear friend. Instead, realize that you're going to endure this temptation here in this life, and in the next life, you'll receive a crown for it. Jesus seems to place an extreme amount of importance upon the Christian who is able to make it through the trials and temptation of this life. And although there might be some gratification or some yielding to the flesh that could produce a temporary satisfaction, we must realize that that temporary satisfaction will fade away. But the re- rewards we see from Christ will last for all of eternity. So we need to endure the temptation. And then very quickly, I want to look at the process of temptation, the process of temptation. We'll go to the book of Genesis, chapter number three, and we'll begin our reading in verse number one. Genesis chapter three in verse number one. And as we go down through the verses, we'll just stop and expound where I feel like we need to expound at. Verse number one, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. Now, when we look at that word "subtle," it means sneaky or trick, which means very simply that when you're dealing with being tempted by sin, you have to realize that it's a sneaky trick that's being played on you. And if you're not careful, you will fall into it and have to reap the consequences of the situation you've been placed in. Let's continue our reading. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said... You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. The second thing that will happen under the process of temptation, not only there's a sneaky trick, but then there's always going to be a questioning of the Word of God. Right here it said, Yea, if God said. Did God really say this? Did God really mean that? Did God really uh, define that boundary line very clearly? Or is it kind of vague? I just need to know if God said it. Because if God didn't say it, you don't have to do it, right? Our problem a lot of times when we deal with temptation is we take the Word of God and cater it to our needs. Oh, well, it's okay for me to do this because God doesn't say it exactly in His Word. In the eyes of God, sin is sin. Wrong is wrong. It's either wrong or it's right. But when you deal with the process of temptation— you need to realize the first thing that's happening is it's a sneaky trick, but then it's also questioning the word of God. And let's read on in verse number two. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, there's that word of God. God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, this is the part about the process of temptation. That's the reasoning part. We're beginning to reason it out. We're beginning to reason it out and look. And now we're actually at a point where the temptation is closer than it was when it first appeared to us because we're trying to reason out what we're doing here. Then look at verse number four. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall surely not die. Ye shall not. Ye shall not surely die. Now, there's the process where it really gets bad. We, we're still reasoning it out, and all of a sudden the temptation gives us a reason to be able to do it. The serpent's sitting here saying, Oh, you're not going to die. Trust me over the word of God. You know what we do a lot of times? We try to trust our flesh or the devil over the word of God. Trust me over the word of God. You're not going to die. God doesn't know what he's talking about. That old book that's out of date, that old book that's not with the times. Don't you want to have a good time? Don't you want to enjoy life? Sure, you can eat of all the trees of the garden, but you got this one over here you can't eat of. Don't you want to try it and see what it's like? Verse number five. For God doth know in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Here, this temptation, this process of temptation, it seems to be something that could actually help me to be closer to God. I'll know good and evil. Well, the problem is we don't need to know anything about evil. We need to know more about good and less about evil. But when you get to dealing with temptation and you get to yielding to temptation, you're always going to know more about evil than you do about good. And then lastly is verse number six. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat And gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. The process of temptation always ends with you doing something that is contrary to the Word of God. And it always has extreme consequences. Do you know that the reason that I'm dealing with temptation in this day and age... Is because Adam and Eve yielded to temptation back in the garden. That one sin cast a whole world into sin. The process of temptation doesn't need to be taken lightly. What she needed to do was immediately when that serpent started talking to her about, yea, hath God said, she needed to say, yes, God did say. And because God said it, I'm not going to do it. See, the, the way temptation and the way sin works is very simple, okay? And I, I want you to listen as I try to explain this. When I was a young Christian, somebody explained this to me, and it was really good. If you commit a sin, sin gets lodged in your memory, and because it's lodged in your memory, you think about it. That memory produces a temptation. That temptation Produces an act, that act produces a sin, which gets lodged in your memory. Then the memory, you begin to think about it, produces a temptation, which produces an act, which produces another sin, which gets lodged in your memory. Then with your memory, you begin to think about the sin, which produces a temptation to commit the sin, then produces an act of sin. Which gets lodged back in your memory. Very simply, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't committed every sin known to man, the less you sin, the less you'll sin. Simply saying, let's use an example here. If I'm, let's say I'm smoking cigarettes and I'm not, but let's say I am. Well, it starts off and I smoke a cigarette. Then I put that cigarette out and I'm like, well, I'm done with cigarettes, and then I remember smoking a cigarette. So the remembrance of smoking a cigarette produces a temptation to smoke another cigarette, which produces the act of smoking a cigarette, which produces the sin which gets lodged in my memory, which produces another temptation to smoke. But if when that first cigarette was offered to me, I'd have just said, no, I don't smoke and I don't ever plan on smoking the sin would have not got lodged in my memory. So I wouldn't have had a memory that produced a temptation. The temptation would not have produced an act because it would not have been there. And the act would not have produced a sin, which would not have got lodged in my memory. See, a clean mind, heart, and body in the eyes of God is at great price because it's a lot easier to overcome temptations to sins That you've never experienced. And then the book of Joshua chapter 7 in verse number 20. The book of Joshua chapter 7 in verse number 20. Of course, this is the story of Achan who did not listen to the word of God and did contrary to what God said. We'll begin our reading in verse number 20. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold and 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. Here we've got another example of the process of sin right here in verse number 21. This is how it works, okay? Okay. The first thing he did, when I saw, he saw it. He seen it. He looked at it. He said, man, I'd really like to have that. Then look what he did a little further down through the verse. He said, I coveted. He wanted it. Remember that about being rich and falling into temptation? Here Achan stands, totally taken care of by God. God's provided all his needs, and he looks out, and he saw something he wasn't supposed to have. And then he began to covet it. He said, Man, I really want that. I got to come up with a plan to get that. The Bible says, I coveted them and took them. And then then he got it. He actually committed the sin. He took what God said do not take that, do not touch that, destroy it all. Achan took it. Well, then once he got it, what did he have to do? And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent. He had to hide it, he had to hide his sin because of the temptation that was produced when he took one look at it. There was nothing wrong necessarily with the look, but then it turned into a covetous look, and then it turned into, I'm going to take it look, and then he had to hide the sin because of the look, because he yielded to temptation. You know the book of Numbers, chapter 32 and verse number 23 At the end of the verse, Numbers 32, 23 says this, And be sure your sin will find you out. See, in the eyes of God, he sees it all, and sin carries a penalty. But the sin is not committed until one yields to temptation that results in the production of a sin in one's life. Well, let's look quickly at what Achan's sin cost him. Verse number twenty-four of Joshua chapter seven. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent, and all that he had, and they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. The results of sin in Achan's life, all because of a simple temptation, everything he had was destroyed from his family to his tent. They destroyed it all and burned it with fire, all because he did not deal with the temptation That was a result of not listening to the Word of God. I'm going to leave you with this statement for today. Deal with temptation or you will deal with the results of sin.